All right, this is Colin Thomas with another short and sweet training session. Today's lesson is the five absolute must-haves if you want a successful BDC in your dealership. Now, if you're like most dealers that I've spoken with lately, you're either looking to add a business development center, also known as a BDC, or you're trying to find ways to make your current BDC more successful. If so, then there's a few must-haves that are truly non-negotiable if you'd like your BDC to succeed today and over the long term. Let's talk about must-have number one. Your BDC has to be a profit center, not a cost center. The primary reason that BDCs have failed in the past is that they just weren't very successful driving what I call plus business. I've seen it play out again and again, and it's probably played out at your store as well. Um, A dealer returns from a 20 group or an industry conference and announces, hey, it's time to move all of our internet leads um, to a BDC. And so the store would hire a few BDC agents, give them computers, telephones, headsets, and send all the inbound leads and calls up to the BDC, right? The problem is that whatever volume the store was selling before the addition of the BDC, it was pretty much unchanged after the BDC was added. They just shifted business from what was the floor or an internet end-to-end team and moved them over to the BDC. There was no plus business. The only dealer, uh, the only difference, rather, for for all those dealerships is that they they created this BDC, and and so suddenly they had this additional compensation cost that they had to deal with each and every month. So the BDCs were cost centers; they weren't profit centers, and they certainly weren't developing any business. Right? It's called a business development center for a reason. They are supposed to grow your business, develop your business. Now, over time, dealers wised up and they closed these ineffective BDC departments they had. So many of the BDCs that I encounter today generally because they have better training, better templates, better talk tracks, and a better overall direction, they are beginning to drive plus business for their dealerships, but they're still cost centers. They haven't become profit centers for the dealership. In fact, just as in the past, the primary reason that I see BDCs shuttered this year is because they've been basically become a cost center and not a profit center. See, it only takes one bad month or a couple of slow months before a dealer says, you know what? we've got to cut costs. And everyone looks upstairs and says, hey, the BDC is costing us $50,000 a month or whatever. Let's close that. Now, despite their success or maybe because of their success, BDCs today often cause the dealer's overall uh, sales compensation to get out of whack. Um, The profit loss is easily absorbed in in the short term, basically, so dealers don't care or they set up a pack and move $50 uh, per car to pay for the BDC, and and that doesn't work, right? Over the long time, uh, long term, rather, you know, no no dealer can live with that. Um, No dealer can live with a BDC that's become a cost center, uh, uh, you know, rather than a profit center. So something has to change. Um, What changes is that we close the BDC, right? (laughs) Um, We send the leads and we reroute the calls back to the floor. Um, This is a bad move for dealerships. It really is. Instead of shuttering a successful BDC, dealers need to work to make their current BDCs profit centers and not cost centers. Um, There is one easy and almost instant solution for this, and it's called the sustainable pay plan. All right, so we're talking about the five must-haves for creating a successful automotive BDC, part three. So what is must-have number two? Um, Number two is that BDCs have got to use sustainable pay plans. If you want your BDC to grow and and provide you with incremental sales today and in the future, all while maintaining the integrity of your overall sales compensation – then you need to create a sustainable pay plan. Simply put, this is a pay plan that allows you to grow um, your BDC without killing your net profit. First, we're going to pay the BDC on appointments that show. 
We're not going to pay them on sold units, and I'll get to that in a minute. We're also not going to pay them on just an hourly wage, though there generally is an hourly component to that, you know, um, to the base that a BEC agent will, will make. Um, for most markets, a solid pay plan for an appointment coordinator um, or a BDC agent um, looks like this. First, there's an hourly component, you know, $12, $14, $16 an hour, depending on your market. And that's not a base pay. That's a draw against commission. See, in order to have a successful BDC, they must have 100% at-risk compensation. You can't set them up with this base play, pay and, and a little spiff for each appointment because they'll start living off of the base hourly wage. They'll start to work their pay plan, basically, and they drive no appointments for your dealership. Um, now, after the hourly wage, we've got to pay them a flat commission for every valid, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, for, for every valid appointment that shows. I generally like to pay um, about $50 for every appointment that shows, although every market, again, will differ. The third component to the pay plan is a volume bonus, and this is generally about $100 extra for every 10 valid appointments that show. So we're going to pay them an extra you know, 100 at 10, 20, 30, 40, all the way you know, up to however many that show. Now, the second component to a sustainable pay plan is what we pay the floor salespeople. We need to pay the floor salespeople who close a BDC appointment at a reduced commission. Um, now, generally, this is half the commission with a full or half mark towards their volume bonus. I can live with either. What I can't live is with giving them a full commission because they don't deserve it. Now, the second point is hard for sales managers to deal with. Um, sales managers like to argue um, with me um, something along the lines of, you know, my sales rep closed the deal. He did all the work. He deserves a full commission. Um, and, you know, I, no, he didn't. And no, he doesn't. He barely deserves half the commission that you're giving him. He didn't do all the work. He, he barely did half the work. See, appointments today close at an extraordinarily high rate, generally 50 to 80%. Appointments that show close at 50 to 80%, depending on the dealership. So most of your floor salespeople can argue that he did half the work. The minute that your floor salespeople are ready to make the calls and set the appointments for themselves, then we can talk about giving them the entire deal. But until and unless, then... Um, we can't sell an empty seat. Somebody has to bring that customer into the dealership and that person needs to be paid fairly. You also don't want to keep replacing these people. You want to create some momentum. Um, you want to create some redundancy and you can't do that when you don't have the right compensation plan in place. But let's look at this another way. Let's say that one of your salespeople, Bob, set an appointment for a prospect tomorrow at 9.15 in the morning. Now let's say overnight Bob gets sick and he decides to stay home. He calls Joe, another salesperson on your team, and says, hey Joe, can you take my 9.15 appointment in the morning? I'm feeling sick and I probably won't be in until later on in the afternoon. Joe says, yeah, and he sells the car. Now, how much of this deal do you think Joe deserves? Um, Joe sold an appointment that Bob set. Bob wasn't at the dealership. It should have been an open floor, right? How much does Joe think he deserves? Half. You and I both know that Joe thinks he deserves exactly half of this deal, not a penny more and not a penny less. Bob set the appointment. Joe sold the car. Joe thinks he deserves half. Joe looks at the deal as a true split deal um, with Bob. After all, Bob, you know, he set the appointment. Now, why would Joe think that he deserves more than half when the appointment is set by a BDC? See, he thinks he deserves only half when Bob sets the appointment, but suddenly he deserves the whole deal when it's a 22-year-old young woman upstairs with a headset on that set the appointment. That doesn't make any sense. You need to pay a split commission on appointments um, set from the BDC, or your BDC will simply not survive. All right, so we are talking about the five must-haves for creating a successful 
BDC Part 4. So must-have number three. BDCs must be managed like call centers. See, this isn't a floor sales team. It's a BDC. It's a call center. And that's how they need to be managed. Now, many dealers that I know created their BDCs by staffing them with a few of their existing floor salespeople and paying them like floor salespeople, generally unsold units. And their argument was that they needed knowledgeable people to be able to answer the customer's questions on the phone that they should only pay when the department sold a car. I get that that makes sense. Why would I want to pay a BDC on an appointment that shows? I should pay them on sold units, right? That's what we're all about, right? And it's wrong and wrong. <laughs> um, it's wrong that you think you need to, you need, you know, top salespeople answering the phones. And it's wrong that you think that you should pay these people on a sold unit. The truth is, is that your BDC is more like a, a bank call center, really, than it is a traditional sales team. You don't need seasoned salespeople to be successful with a BDC. And you should never expect them to sell a thing. Their job is to set appointments that show, period. When you compensate a BDC agent on a sold unit, you're encouraging them to start selling on the phone, something that's just not possible. It's a bad idea and it's counterproductive. You'll end up selling fewer units to appointments this way because your BDC ends up overqualifying your prospects. I've said it earlier, you can't sell an empty seat. Your BDC's only job is to get bodies in the door and then you get to sell to them. Now, when you begin to employ car guys in the BDC role, you often end up with a group spending way too much time answering questions and almost no time setting appointments that show. Like a bank call center, your BDC should be driven by metrics and talk tracks, not by selling and not by product knowledge. In fact, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but it's absolutely 100% true. The less product knowledge a BDC agent has, the better. This means that they can only stick to your approved talk tracks, and it means that they'll spend all of their time setting appointments that show and buy. All right, so we're talking about the five must-haves for creating a successful BDC in your automotive dealership or group. And the must-have number four in setting up a successful BDC um, that you know is going to actually be around today and in the future is this. BDCs have to have strict rules for what constitutes a valid appointment. This is important. See, you might think that you're being nice or that you're driving incremental business for your dealership when you allow your BDC to set soft appointments, but you're not. What you're doing is you're costing them and you money. When you have soft appointment rules, like paying a BDC agent for an appointment that shows a day early or you know, uh, a day late, we can't prepare for that, that customer, and we should never pay an agent for it. I've actually seen where a BDC agent was paid if the appointment arrived within 24 hours of the scheduled time. Um, so if I set an appointment for 9.15 Friday morning and that, that prospect you know, comes in at 8 p.m. You know, Thursday night and I'm the BDC agent, I get paid for that, right? Well, I should never be paid for that because it's, a not, it's just not a true appointment. If someone arrives that early for their appointment, we can't prepare for it. We should never pay for it. I've actually seen this more often than the alternative which is strict appointment times. I also see this a lot. Dealers give BDCs credit for a sold unit because they've had meaningful contact with the prospect in the last 72 hours or some time frame like that. This allows them to basically set soft appointments. In fact, it encourages them to not even ask for an appointment, which is why many of your BDCs don't even ask for the appointment because they're not encouraged to. 
It encourages them to say things like, when would you like to come in? And the prospect invariably says, well, I can be there Saturday. What time do you open? And the BDC agent says, well, we open at 9. What time can I put you down for? And the prospect says, I'll be in around 10. So the BDC agent you know, puts down uh, the, the customer for 10.15 on Saturday morning as an appointment in the CRM, when in fact, it's not an appointment at all. Um, the prospect's not going to even show up, but they don't care because they're covered for 72 hours after having that quote-unquote meaningful contact or they're covered for you know, 24 hours either side. So you're actually hurting yourselves and the paychecks of the BDC agents when you allow them to set soft appointments. You need to have strict rules in place for what constitutes a valid appointment. My choice is this. Only count an appointment as valid if the prospect arrives within 45 minutes of the scheduled appointment time. Either 45 minutes before or after the scheduled appointment time gives your team an hour and a half, um, which in some cases I think, honestly, it's too much. Um, dealers who follow the, the, uh, the perfect appointment get 90% of their shows within 10 minutes uh, on either side of their scheduled appointment. But look, let's call it a, a compromise. I call it a valid appointment if the prospect arrives within 45 minutes of the scheduled appointment either way, um, you know, before or after the, the appointed time. Now, unless you put strict rules in place for what counts as a valid appointment, and I mean tightening it up to 45 minutes or less, your BDC will never have the discipline to pin down a prospect on a specific time. Why should they pin them down? I mean, you know, it takes work. It's sometimes uncomfortable, and they're going to get paid for it either way, right? See, that's why they won't be firm on the phone with, their pro- with, with your customers. Um, imagine this. Like, let's say that your BDC agent tries to set the appointment the, the right way. They say, you know, I've got a 5.45 and a 6.15 open. Which time works best for you? And the prospect says, I don't know. What time can I come in? How late do you open? If I'm paid on soft appointments, I'm going to say we're open until 9. And the prospect's going to say, you know, great, I'll be in before 9. And the BDC agent will say, great. And they'll, they'll put down a, a 7 o'clock appointment in your CRM. And they're going to get paid no matter what. The fact of the matter is, is the prospect is not going to show. It takes work. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to, put, uh, you know, to, to pin them down, if you will. And, and when the, the customer says, I don't know what time I can come in, how late are you open, it's important um, for the BDC agent to respond with something like, you know, well, we're open until 9 o'clock, but my last test drive on that Camry is at you know, 7.15. Now I've got a 6.45 and a 7.15. Which one works better for you? It's sometimes hard to pin the prospect down, but you know what? That's the only way they're going to show up for their appointment. When you allow them to set soft appointments, you've got to understand they're not making more money. They're making less money because the prospect isn't going to show up. When your team allows the customer to say something like, I'll be in before nine, there's almost no chance that that appointment is going to show. It's not an appointment. A true appointment requires both a specific date and time. Without a specific date and time, there is no mental commitment by the prospect to show up, so they generally won't. Now, once you um, force your team to start seeing, um, setting, I should say, uh, stronger appointments by paying them only for appointments that arrive within 45 minutes of their scheduled time, either before or after, their show rates are going to multiply, as will your sold units. Okay, so the final must-have for your dealership to have a successful BDC sustained over the long term is simply this. All of your sales managers, and I mean all of them, have to support and defend your BDC. Despite the fact that we've had this, you know, this pesky inter- internet um, around for quite some time, I still meet more desk managers who enjoy torturing the internet team or BDCs that, um, than, than I do who support the effort, really. Um, and, it, and it just boggles my mind since they're the same managers who are paid basically on what the entire store sells. And the BDC is often the most instrumental um, area in driving the growth of the store. Um, 
So the time for the sales managers to not only support but defend their BDC, that time arrived uh, years ago. It's just bad business for your desk managers to keep taking the side of your sales floor in disputes with the BDC. Think about this. If your floor sales team did their job, you wouldn't need a BDC. Take a second and let that sink in. Um, if your floor sales team were, were doing their job, you wouldn't need a BDC. You know this. The reason for nearly every automotive sales BDC in place is because the sales managers can't or won't get their floor sales teams to make their, their calls using your approved talk tracks. They just won't do it. It's simply activity management that fails for nearly every dealership I see. It fails for dealership sales managers, yet in a BDC environment, in a call center environment, it succeeds. So we're successful in using the proper talk tracks in a BDC environment, and we're not on the floor. The reward for having your sales managers begin supporting and defending the efforts of the BDC is that you can make the BDC a true developer of business, right? Once the floor sales managers embrace this, once they embrace the sustainable pay plans, once they start taking the BDC's side in the he said, she said fights, you can begin to make a BDC a developer of business. Um, it starts by putting the internet leads in the BDC and then eventually moving all of your inbound phone activity to the BDC. And once you have solid efforts in place for, for those two, you can now give your BDC um, you know, your orphan owner calls. Um, imagine this. Your BDC begins to, to basically reach out to your orphan owners um, to get them into the dealership so that we can appraise their vehicles. Um, and we end up selling them a new vehicle 60% of the time. And, and that's true. So finally, after they're doing orphan owners, after they're doing all of the internet sales um, leads and, and they're doing all of the inbound calls, you can allow your floor sales people to, to contract with the BDC to make their own marketing calls and be back calls. Um, what is the cost to the floor sales team to do this? It's half their commission. The sustainable pay plan. Now, it's a voluntary program. You can go to your floor salespeople once you have a solid BDC in place and say, hey, guys, um, I've got a proposition for you. You can either start making the calls that the CRM asks you to make using the proper talk tracks that we've provided, or you can move those efforts to the BDC. It's only going to cost you half your commission. You'll still get a full mark towards your, your, your volume bonus. Um, the alternative is, the alternative is, is that if you say you're going to make your own calls and you don't, well, you can't work here anymore. And this will shock you, but most everyone on your floor sales team will happily contract with the BDC to have them make all of their calls. Then and only then can you look at your BDC as a true developer of business that feeds your dealership a steady stream of buyers. So to recap, there's five must-haves for creating and maintaining a successful BDC. Um, and they are the following. Number one, BDC must be a profit center, not a cost center. Must have number two, BDCs must use a sustainable compensation plan, a sustainable pay plan. Must, uh, must have number three, BDCs have got to be managed like call centers, not your sales floor. Must have number four, BDC agents must have strict rules for what counts as a valid appointment. And must have number five, all of your sales management must support and defend your BDC. I'm Colin Thomas. If I can help in any way, I'm only a call away. 708-733-5463. 708-REDLINE helped uh, happy dealers in all 50 states. If you're rolling out a BDC initiative or you're not happy with the uh, results of your BDC initiative, happy to talk, happy to help in any way I can.